This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. My name is Brent, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the LGS Podcast, episode number nine, where today we're going to be talking about the how and the why of jazz composing. So today's episode is all about composing music, how to do it, why jazz musicians should be doing it. And we're especially thrilled to have back special guest saxophonist Josiah Bornasian to talk more about this with us. He's an expert composer, really couldn't think of anybody too much better to talk about this subject. So very excited to have Josiah back on the show, and uh, we hope you'll stick around and listen to what he has to say. Um, But before we get started today, I just want to say that all of the music on today's show is by our guest, Josiah Bornasian. It's off of his album, Intersection. So if you like the music, want to maybe buy the album, go ahead and head on over to his website. It's josiahbornasian.com. You can find his CD for sale there. And if you're listening to this podcast on the website, we'll have a link to his website in the show notes. And one other thing before we get started with this episode today If you find some value in today's show and you get something out of it, consider adding value back. This podcast is 100% supported by listeners like you. So if you're on the website, we have a support button below the player. If you'd like to leave us a donation, it could be one time or reoccurring. It really helps us produce this podcast and keep it going. And so we really appreciate your support. And if you're not on the website, you can go to www.learnjazzstandards.com slash support and you can leave us a donation there. Okay, so I want to go ahead and jump on to this episode. We're going to talk about composing today. Super excited. So let's get on Josiah Bornasian. the show today, Josiah Bernasian, saxophonist Josiah Bernasian. We're happy to have you back on the show, Josiah. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Okay, so today I, I want to talk to you about uh, something that I think a lot of people have questions about, which is composition, you know, how to compose, why jazz musicians should compose. I mean, I think there's a lot of things we can touch on, but composition is kind of one of those things that, you know, some people wonder how to do. They might find that they have 
you know, writer's block. They don't know how to get past that. They don't even know where to start. Uh, you know, there's so many things we could talk about. So um, you're a huge composer. You do a lot of composing. So I, I really can't think of too many more people that are better to ask about this. Uh, your music is amazing. Um, so happy to have you on to talk about these things. I want to start uh, with just a very simple question. Why should jazz improvisers compose at all? Uh, well, that's a great question. And um, obviously, you know, I consider myself to be a, a composer. You know, like if you go on my website, I, I sort of present myself as, you know, Josiah Bornation, saxophonist, composer, and educator. Right. So I, <laughs> I think it's an important part of, of my identity, and it, it should be an important part of, of basically any musician's identity. So first of all, in general music terms... The, the idea of specialization, the idea that like there are some people who perform, there are some people who compose, is a relatively modern concept. So if you think about someone like Mozart, for example, we tend to think of him today as a, as a composer, but he was also a performer and also, according to contemporary sources, was a great improviser. Right. And he would, yes, he would compose music and publish it, but he would also perform his own his own works. And in the jazz tradition, it's really not not that differently. The only difference is that perhaps the earlier performers who were not necessarily uh, literate, meaning that they were not necessarily uh, trained in how to read and write music notation, they perhaps wouldn't write down their compositions, but most, if not all, of the great jazz performers were composers and performers. And composition and improvisation are really uh, interrelated skills. So whatever you're working on as an improviser is sort of like fuel that will help you become a better uh, composer and vice versa. Whatever compositional activities you do will improve your improvisation. I mean, technically, improvising is just composing on the spot anyways, right? If you want to boil it down to that. Absolutely. And all composition is are taking improvisations or you know ideas that you sort of spontaneously created and writing them down and then editing them and crafting them a little bit more. So they're they're super interrelated skills and again whatever you do to work on one it's going to complement and improve your abilities on the other. Plus it's just fun. And like I also said it's a big part of the tradition too. So you're missing out on a lot of fun, a lot of potential growth opportunities and you're missing out on a potential important part of the music tradition if you're just specializing on one thing and not and not letting yourself uh, get the benefits of being involved in the other activity. Right. Okay. All right. So what about, okay, let's say someone listening right now literally has never composed a piece in their entire life and they're wondering, how the hell do I start to write a song? What would you go back there for a second and let's answer that question. Where do we start when we're going to compose a piece of music? That's a great question. And, you know, I, I think about this a lot. And, you know, I'm somebody who I've been fortunate enough that, you know, I have a master's degree in music, which has involved a lot of composition. I've studied with jazz composers, classical composers. I've published and written, you know, for everything from solo saxophone to electronic music to jazz big band to jazz combo to even orchestral music that's been performed in Turkey. So, and I, even with all that, I still struggle with this question sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's in, in, in hard short, to start. <laughs> in short, composition starts with your imagination. So the first thing is, is just to have courage. Don't be afraid to just try something. Write it down. Get something from your imagination on paper. Now, obviously, in order to do that, you need to have a few basic musical skills. You need to know your instrument well enough to kind of pick out uh, in sound what you're hearing in your imagination. Um, but... So you know, make sure you make sure you have your basics covered. Make sure you know you know basic scale chord theory. Make sure you know a mm-hmm. little bit about basic music notation. Uh, but it starts with your imagination. And if you're really really having problems, 
then sometimes it might seem counterintuitive or it might seem like a paradox, but sometimes starting with composition as an exercise or, or starting with strict restrictions can give you much better results than, you know, than starting with nothing to base your composition on. Um, you know, it, it's the it's sort of like the vastness of the possibilities of oh, I could write anything that prevents you from writing anything. Right. So, <laughs> um, so I would recommend uh, starting with something simple, short, and pretty clearly defined. So, a good place to start would be uh, a twelve-bar blues. You know, so just pick a key, a key oh, yeah. pick a key you're comfortable with, and and start. And and just like with improvisation, it's often really best to start with imitation. So why not pick a you know pick a blues head that you already like, or if you want to make it a little more general, pick a composer, a jazz composer that you like, and try to write a simple twelve-bar blues melody in that style. So you know I'm a big fan of Duke Ellington, so maybe I'll listen to some of Duke Ellington's compositions and say, okay, I'm going to try and write a twelve-bar blues head in the style of Duke Ellington. Challenge of the week. There you go. Write 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 a blues head. And and send it into us. That's what you need to do. That's a great challenge. Go for it. And uh, that process in and of itself involves a lot of things. So again, you got to be you got to be brave. You got to do your homework. You got to make sure you listen to some music. You got to make sure you know the basics of what a twelve bar blues form is. Um, and then just go for it. And part of it is just kind of turning off that voice in your head of constant judgment and constant fury that might be preventing you from putting your ideas down on paper. And then the other thing is to do it a lot. So, you know, one of the things that I think is really helpful is it's better to just, you know, compose eight bars a day, every day, even if you write it down and throw it in the trash or throw it in a <laughs> desk drawer or throw it in a notebook and never look at it again. It's an important thing to just get get your ideas down. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. You know, composing can simply be writing eight bars of a melody or writing eight bars of a rhythm that you think is cool. So I keep like uh-huh. a musical notebook. And, you know, sometimes I'll be writing on the train or I'll be on a plane traveling or even I'm just sitting at home or maybe I'll go for a jog and I have an idea. Um, I'll come down and I'll write down ideas. And a lot of times it just starts as fragments. And this is a common thing too. Beethoven, for example, used to go on long walks and he'd take musical notation with him and work out his ideas on these long walks. So, you know, I'll keep like one section of my notebook is rhythmic ideas. And it could be like a cool polyrhythm that I heard or I imagined, or just like a rhythm that popped into my head that I think is cool that I could use somewhere. It could be harmonic ideas. So if I'm sitting sitting at the piano, I'm just kind of fiddling around with melodies and chords and I come across something I like, I'll write it down. Um, So, you know, do it every day. Um, it's okay to do it in small chunks. It's okay to write things and never use them. Um, but so again, starting with imitation, starting with simple ideas, and then eventually expanding it into more complex compositions is a good way to go. And also, don't be afraid to give yourself sort of arbitrary restrictions to uh, help get the ideas flowing and to help get you somewhere to start. Just like we do with with you know working on a tune. You start with a restriction, like okay, I'm gonna play. The head of the tune, and then I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm going to walk a bass line for a chorus or two as I'm trying to learn the harmony of the tune, and then maybe I'll arpeggiate the chords mm-hmm. of the tune, you know, and then eventually you get to actually just kind of blowing over the tune. But you start with kind of giving yourself some practicing restrictions that help you to get comfortable with the tune. Same thing with composition. So start by writing a 12-bar blues, or you know, it, it can get you can get more creative with your restrictions. So why don't you start by writing a modal tune? You know, that's another good way to start. Write a tune that's only got two or three chords. Mm. Maybe they're all minor chords or maybe they're all sus chords. 
you know, and just putting together a melody with harmony. Or start by, you know, just writing uh, writing a tune in like a 32-bar standard AABA format. So giving yourself restrictions can help to help you get started. I, I like how you say, like you keep saying, start by doing, start by doing, because I think that's the hardest part for me is the start. You know, just start doing it. You know, and 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 not be afraid of what's going to come out. That's easily my biggest problem with composing is I'll start. You know. Uh, I won't even start writing a piece, and then when I do start a piece, I'll throw it. I'll be, oh, that's not exactly what I wanted. That's not amazing. But I think the the eye opening thing about what you're saying is, you know, it's not about writing a piece that's going to change your life or somebody else's life. It's about practicing writing. Absolutely. And eventually, you're going to come up with something that you love. You know, but but nothing comes by just you know you know magically snapping your fingers and. A masterpiece is born. It doesn't work that way. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know your your imagination and your tastes and all that. They're great, but but you have to put it into practice at some point. And just like playing, it's a journey. You know, it's a journey, right. and the process of learning how to compose involves just kind of getting your hands dirty and and doing it. And and again, turning off that judgmental voice at least at first. Just get a bunch of ideas down on paper. Maybe you take a break from it for a day or two mm. or an hour. Come back to it, and then you can kind of let your musical you know your the arbitration of your musical tastes and your musical knowledge then you can maybe kind of let it creep in and say okay so now let me take a look at it maybe with a little bit more analytical or judgmental approach but you know i'm the same way i think it's a common problem the, you know the hardest thing is to get started but once you get started and you have something to work with that's when the real the 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 most exciting process of composition for me comes which is crafting an idea and figuring out what am I really trying to say with this composition and how can I turn it into something potentially unique or special, but it doesn't have to be like, you know, you said it doesn't have to be groundbreaking, just something that's meaningful that, that I enjoy. And again, that's like the point of composition is you write something down because you've stumbled upon an idea, musical idea that you feel expresses something that's worth repeating. That's why we, that's why we compose. So, uh, you know, make it part of your musical practice. To just compose, and again, it doesn't have to be a high stakes thing. Just low stakes, you know. Write down eight bars of this or that, you know, once a day or once every couple days. File it in a drawer. Maybe you'll use it. Maybe you won't. Doesn't matter. going to ask you a question i was going to ask you like do you so do you start with writing like the harmony when you're going to write a song do you start with a melody do you what do you start with but i, I think you kind of answered my question while we were talking and it seems to me like you start with any idea you have like if you have a great rhythmic idea all of a sudden it's like hey i think a song's born or you have a great melody you'll be like that's that's another great idea or Oh, that those corporate, you know, that chord progression I just came up with is awesome. And then you base the song. Is that kind of how it works for you? Or yeah, it can totally. It can start with anything. Um, so you know, a lot of you, we talked, we already talked about the connection between composition and improvisation. A lot of my compositions start with improvisations. So I'll sit down with my horn. Uh, I'm a saxophone player, or I'll sit down at the piano and I'll just kind of improvise and fiddle around until I stumble upon something that I like. And like you said, it could be anything. It could be a rhythmic idea. It could be a melodic idea. It could be a harmonic idea. Occasionally, I get these flashes of 
kind of uh, insider inspiration of where I'll hear a whole sort of a composition in one as one cohesive unit but those are kind of special occasions most of the time I hear one part so like I'll hear a harmony that I like and then I'll write that down and craft it and then I'll add a melody you know or sometimes I'll start with a rhythm that I really like and then I'll write that down and, and incorporate melodic and harmonic elements um, and every now and again um, I'll come from a place of more abstract so I'll, I'll have like a vibe or a mood or an emotion I'm trying to convey and experiment with improvisation until I kind of get close to it and then write some of those ideas down and and craft them but really you know you can expand the better you get at composition the more you practice it you can expand your your source of, of inspiration you know every single element of the aspects of music can be a source of uh, inspiration you know you could use just a timbre like a tone quality hmm. as a source of inspiration or dynamics you know loud and soft and and changing dynamics form uh, instrumentation meaning who's playing like who's in your band you could write a composition for like you know bass and guitar and steel drums or something wacky if you wanted to uh, orchestration that's one thing that a lot of people don't think about you know in jazz we have this deep tradition and the tradition is important to know and respect but we can also innovate with it you know wh- why do the horn players always have to play the melody you know I've written tunes where like on the A section the bass plays the melody you know just, just mm. kind of flip the ensemble upside down you know, why does the bass just have to keep time and the horns play melodies? Why not have the horns lay out? Or why not have the horns play a background figure and give the bass the melody? So orchestration is important. Orchestration is basically, you know, who's playing what, when. Meter and rhythmic feel. You know, are you going to write a tune? Does it even have a meter? Is it going to be an odd meter? You know, are you going to do like a straight eighth or a swing? And then obviously melody and harmony and style um, and, you know, even things like ornamentation can come into it. But so every one of those aspects of music are a place for you to explore and, and a potential place for innovation and inspiration. Right. Um, w- one thing that caught my ear while you were, while you were talking is uh, you were talking about, you know, creating, like thinking of a vibe and creating from there. And I couldn't help but think because for me, I, I you know, I play, I play and I compose and I improvise out of probably too much of a hyper uh, emotional side rather than, you know, thinking anyways. Um, and, and so I, a lot of times when I write, I actually tend to think about times in my life or even, uh, specific people. I wrote a song, um, uh, based off of uh, the singer songwriter, Elliot Smith. I don't know if you know about oh, Elliot yeah, Smith. He's great. Really deep, dark. Right. De- definitely deep and dark. Yeah, great. If you haven't checked out Elliot Smith, check him out. Um, he's no longer with us, but was an incredible singer songwriter. And, you know, I one time I, I was listening to a lot of Elliot Smith, um, and I just started writing this song that really felt like Elliot Smith. And then I was like, wait a second, this this feels like Elliot Smith. And then I kept going with it and and, and developing that. That so that that's that's definitely an interesting way to approach it as well. Composing just from that kind of feels level, you know. Yeah, and you can count, you can counterbalance that with a more intellectual approach. Right. So, you know, like, you know, going back to the idea of composition as like something that you do in your daily practice, it, it can directly aid your practicing. So, um, you know, for example, I tend to write a lot of things that are in odd meters or, or mixed meters, and uh, it's just cuz that's the way I, I tend to hear phrases. But, you know, like let's say uh, you want to get it, you want to start checking out, you know, like odd meters and you never played in seven well one of the great ways to start your exploration of how do i practice playing in seven is to write a tune write a tune in seven four 
and and practice improvising over it. And then also, as you're writing the tune, you can write specific 7-4 rhythmic ideas, build them into the tune, and that'll kind of give you a way to practice the, you know, playing in 7-4 in different stages. First is conceptualizing it, you know, all the different ways you can break up 7-4. You can think of it as like 3 plus 4, or 4 plus 3, or 2 plus 2 plus 3, and so on and so forth. Right. So you can use composition as a tool to aid your practicing. Just like we talked about in the free improvisation uh, podcast where we talked about, you know, you can focus on isolating one aspect of music making and make that kind of the theme of your free improvisation. You can do the same thing with composition. You know, so if you want to uh, practice, uh, you know, playing over altered chords, why don't you write a tune that has altered that has chords? Altered chords? And so you're kind of slowing down the improvisation process by composing. You're thinking about how do I voice an altered chord? Um, you know, h- how do I compose a melody over an altered chord? How do I incorporate, you know, rhythmic interest and variety into it? So, and then you can also go to extreme and say, well, why, you know, why does it even have to have chords in it at all? You know, for example. Right, right. Um, and, and, and rhythm, you talked about rhythm too, you know, being that being a focal part, which I think is something that a lot of people do not think about when they're composing is rhythmic ideas and that's something you do really well in in your in your compositions if you check out his music he has a lot of rhythm going on in there and so that that's definitely something to maybe that's a challenge as well is to try writing a song just thinking about a rhythmic idea and that's something i haven't really done uh i think that's something a lot of us could do um a a lot of times in western culture we don't think about rhythms enough we think too much about melody and harmony and sometimes rhythm is is the greatest place we can start with, you know. Absolutely, and and you you just hit you you just hit on a good point, which is it's kind of a Western obsession. You know, if you listen to Indian classical music from right. from India, like Hindustani music, yeah. there basically is no harmony. There's just a drone playing what we would call you know like a one and a five, like a you know a, a tonic and a dominant or something like that. And then there's a lot of complex melodies and pitch bending, but a huge rhythmic element too. And so you can get inspiration for your compositions from music from other cultures. I listen to a lot of West African music. I come from an Armenian ethnic background, so I grew up listening to some Armenian music. Mm. Um, Eastern European music, like Bulgarian music, is particularly rhythmically interesting. They have a lot of stuff in oh, like yeah. 11-8 and 7-8 and 10-8. Um, and then listening to you know uh, music from Asian cultures and and Hindustani music again. So you can, you can just conceptually try and, imp- and approach composition from a different place than the traditional you know melody harmony form kind of a mindset and then also again all of these ideas that we're talking about you can extend to your improvisation as well Any chord can follow any chord when you're composing. Well, that's kind of a trick question because <laughs> uh, in in the biggest picture, in the biggest scheme of things, yes, you can do anything you want. But it's really important to keep in mind context, and this is why I recommend start, starting with imitation because you know there are things that work better or they work not as well given the context. So if you have a clear goal, and especially if you guys ever get hired 
with a commission and it has specific guidelines. Oh yeah. You know, like let's say, you know, I've I've been I've been hired to do a commission to do some jazz arrangements for a Turkish composer. You know, and so there, there there were some restrictions, and the main restrictions were that I had this guy's melodies that I had to work with. So you know, you never know when you're going to be in a situation where you you have an outside uh, restriction. So it's important to know the basic language of some basic styles, and that involves knowing context. So if you want to write a blues, you've got to know what the form of a blues is. You've got to know what the standard sort of historical vocabulary for a blues melody. Are. You've got to know what are some of the common blues substitutions. What are the common kind of rhythmic ideas and pitch bending ideas and ornamentation that people do over the blues. So in certain contexts, there are rules that are kind of general guidelines of common practice that people have done. And it's important to be aware of those rules. And again, it's not that you can't break the rules ever. Uh, you know, And some of the most successful music is, is people stretching, if not flat out breaking rules but it's about having that awareness of the context and what's appropriate. So in general, yes, you know, it's a free country, it's a free music, you can do whatever you want, but it's also it's always important to be aware of context. And and the most important context always is what you want to express. Right. So if if you're trying to express a specific thing and your uh your melodies or chord progressions or anything are counterproductive to what you're trying to express, then obviously you want to avoid right. that or change it. Right, it's a good point you brought up too about you know if you ever actually you know if you if you ever did get to that point where you were you know composing music uh, being hired to compose music you know you kind of have to know what context you're working out of and that's definitely one thing or even um, if you just get a gig like let's say you know yeah. a lot you know almost all of us do gigs at some point that are not necessarily our main style you know what if somebody hires you for a Dixieland gig and you want to have some original music in addition to just you know always playing when the saints go marching in you right. know, you you've got to ha- then have the skill set to write in Dixieland style in, in that style you know? right right yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I I, I was uh, uh, Hal Leonard, the publication company, had me write a book for them. Uh, Five hundred jazz licks. <laughs> it was a lot of licks. You know, I mean, I didn't yeah. I didn't realize how uh, challenging it was going to be at first. And you know, because you are working under a very specific you know you know kind of restrictions of you have to play you know make lines over over these chord changes and these chords and blah blah blah. And I and I had to know how to do that and and be prepared to do that. It's different than maybe writing an actual piece. But yeah, it's definitely. But the skills that you that yeah. you used and developed in order to do that are, are apply to the composition too. Absolutely. You know? And again, and so that's and that's a great way to start too. Is again, you know, take some two fives and improvise some licks and write them down. That's that's another simple example of a great first step to comp- composition. Yeah, and, and I think for a lot of a lot of folks that that may really know their jazz standards well. It could even be a great idea just to try writing a tune, uh, a, a contrafact. Absolutely, you know, which, a, which is yeah. basically you know take the chord progression of a tune uh, that you already know. I don't know all the things you are, all of me, whatever blue bossa you name the tune that you know, and just write it your own melody over top of that song. I think that can be a really great starting point, or or like you said before, a blues. You know, yeah, just a blues. it's a rich part of the jazz tradition. I mean, like you know. Essentially, every single blues head is basically a contrafact on whoever came up with the blues form, you know, way back in the day. Every single rhythm changes is a contrafact on on George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm, you know, and then there's tons of other examples. The first one that comes to mind is uh, you might know the Thelonious Monk tune Evidence, which is a contrafact on uh, what? Just Just You, you, Just just Me, me, which is one of those monk puns, just us, 
justice evidence but right yeah that's why he came up with the title but so yeah contrafact <laughs> is another great place to start um if if for no other reason then it's such a deep part of the jazz tradition right right okay all right before we let you go uh josiah any practicing tips for uh saxophonists or, or not just saxophonists any jazz musician out there what, what, what uh, well, you know, I would just say make sure you cover your your bases. I'm I'm the kind of person that I like to spend extra time on the fundamentals. Ah. All my all my favorite musicians, and it goes for anything. Fundamentals. Too, you know? All my favorite athletes. You know, you can watch them before and after games. They're the guys, the guys who are the top of the top of the top. They're the guys who spend an extra 10, 20, 30 minutes on the fundamentals when everyone else has already gone to the locker room. You know, they do the extra. Uh, jogging. They do the extra warm-ups. They do the extra cool-down. Um, so I spent, you know, a lot of time just working on my sound, mm. you know, and it's something that I'm never going to stop doing. Uh, some days, 50 to 75% of my practicing is just on my sound, long tones, and basic technique things like tonguing, uh, you know, and you can expand that any instrument, just working on your sound, working on your articulation, working on your time. Um, again, we've mentioned a lot your ears. I'm a huge advocate of working on your ears because if you've got good enough ears and you've got a good sound on your instrument and decent time, you're going to be able to sound great in any musical setting that you're in. And then, um, you know, all these things we're talking about, just addressing all those basic elements of music. Timbre, you know, your sound. Dynamics, having control over the loud and soft of your instrument. Um, having control over different meters and rhythmic feels melody harmony so you know i'm a big advocate of creative practicing so whatever practice regimen or routine you can come up with that allows you to creatively address those fundamentals i think is the best way to go great advice great advice well josiah thanks for being on the show again we always love having you it's been a great time having you talking about this stuff you know composition is you know really one of your to me one of your awesome the awesomest things about you as a musician so it's great to get some insight from you well thank you and thanks for having me all for today's show we want to thank you so much for joining us we want to thank you for listening and if you have anything to add if you have any comments to make maybe you have something to say about how you compose music we'd love to hear from you so if you're on the website leave us a comment in the comment section below and again all the music on today's show is by josiah bornasian his album intersection so go ahead and check that out at josiahbornasian.com and remember, if you got anything out of today's episode, maybe you got some value from it, consider adding value back. Feel free to support us by clicking the support button below, or if you're not on the website, go to learnjazzstandards.com support. Um, we really appreciate you supporting the production of today's podcast. So we're going to be coming out with episode number 10, the big one zero next week. We'll see you back then.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.